grumpy. Oh, God. We've been saying that for he hours. He might just be hangry, but he has pizza now, so. <laughs> well, since Jeff is pizza hangry, we're going to start this episode right off that. Once again, I'm your host, Mike. Joining me today, he is away from the mic, so we'll skip him. <laughs> Take a third chair. The man, the myth, the legend, the, the brewer at Baybro Brewing, and the CEO of the Beer Chasers podcast, video cast on YouTube. We have Preston. Good lord, that's a damn good billing. I don't know if we can top that one. Two two weeks one. in a row. I'm, I'm happy. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. Two episodes in a row. Two weeks. Yeah. You're on a roll. Yeah, man. I'm, I might have to hire you. Now. Yeah, moving on up. <laughs> moving on up. And Jeff is still gone, but we have the person who he's mentioned just once on every episode since Ooh. he's moved down to Jupiter. <laughs> that's I'm, I'm I'm killing it on intros today. <laughs> Come on. Uh, we have Jeff's. Better half, uh, his girlfriend Cassie. What's up? Hi, glad to be joined and, finally for the show. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then finally the man. Half. Oh, that's so. That's what I said. I got you covered. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Jeff. Everybody. <laughs> Hefe, you gotta get closer to the mic, man. Hi, yeah, Jeff. You gotta get closer to the mic. Sorry, I'm trying to open up one of the beers we got today. It's uh, so I'm just I'm, I'm a distracted. All right, man cool. Right now. That's that's fine. That's fine. So, Preston, you got your beer ready, man? Oh, I do. What are you drinking? I'm already drinking on it. I have cracked open a Founders Dirty Bastard. So it's the last of a six pack I bought. Ooh, I think last fine. weekend I've been kind of getting into it a little bit and kind of kind of burn out on it at the moment. But it, it's the the one we're going through right now. Uh, maybe popping open a little Hunapu a little later. I'm gonna finish the night off strong, but I figured I'd at least try to make it through the first quarter of the episode coherent. <laughs> I love that Somebody Preston has comes to, on the show me. and he's like. Preston comes on the show and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just rocking like nine percent, ten percent beers, and we're just gonna see where the night takes us." <laughs> Pretty much, man. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta mm-hmm. end the night a little earlier. You know? I gotta go to work tomorrow, so I can't be can't be messing around with you know six percent beers till midnight. I gotta hit the nine percent at nine o'clock. <laughs> nine at nine. There you go. That's a new beer. Thing. That's a good idea for a beer. I'll put that on uh, the brewery. Yeah, yeah. There you go, baby. You got it. Um, we're drinking, we haven't actually tried this beer yet. This was, um, this was one that we actually bought when we just were at Barrel of Monks today. If you followed us on Instagram, you saw we were updating some stuff from uh, Barrel of Monks brewery down in Boca Raton, a uh, Belgian inspired brewery. And this is, if you can see, it's a bonbon beer. It is, bon bon. Uh, it is the anniversary ale, a bonbon beer, a, where is it? Belgian inspired ale. Chocolate brewed and bottom. Where is it? It's on the back. <laughs> they look like chocolate salty balls. Yeah, <laughs> they basically that's basically what, what it is. It's a, it's a chocolate, it's a dark Belgian chocolate porter. 27. Yeah. Nice. That sounds awesome. So we picked that we picked that up today uh, uh, while we were at our a wonderful brewery, Barrel of Monks, down in Boca. So we're going to crack that open and try it. Should be very good. We had another chocolate beer while we were there called a, uh, well, we don't actually know the name because I kept trying to look it up and I couldn't find it, but it was chocolate strawberry beer, right? Ooh. Chocolate strawberry Belgian single. It was very yeah. And it was delicious. very chocolatey, but very light in color. It was a great beer. So I could tell Press's mouth is watering because every time you say yeah, Belgian, yeah. he's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Belgian like, uh, chocolate. Yeah. I, I almost cracked open the, a Belgian myself. So we have, um, Castile used to make a beer called their Winter Donker, and it had this amazing Belgian <laughs> chocolate flavor. And it they stopped making it, but all of a sudden they've rebranded that beer as like the uh, the coffee barista 
Belgian, and it's the same chocolate now with coffee, and it's really great. And I actually had one in the fridge. I almost popped this. It would have been a weird coincidence. That would have been funny. Yeah, yeah it would have been weird if you were drinking a Belgian beer. You never drink yeah. those. Yeah, a chocolate Belgian. Well, a chocolate Belgian <laughs> while you're drinking a chocolate Belgian. Yeah, a chocolate Belgian. And actually, it's funny. We'll get into it later when we when we kind of discuss the trip down there uh, at some point on the show. But they were very traditional in their Belgian, and they they kind of uh, the tour guide told us how the owners are split 50-50 basically on whether or not chocolate should have been in their beer because it's not traditional <laughs> Belgian. And so it was, uh, it's funny because they are very, like when you talk to them, they're very traditional Belgian. So how close is this yeah, place Beryl, to you? Belgian hmm? the Belgian, question? Oh, go ahead, Preston. How close are they to you? This, this new, uh, newer brewery, right? They're, um, well, yeah, they're about 40 minutes. They're down in Boca. It's not a, not a real far jump for us at all really so close enough by paypal you need some cash you could pick some up at some point <laughs> oh absolutely yeah definitely their wit is actually phenomenal i i had two glasses of it it's a Done very deal. good uh, we'll make that happen wit. we uh they distro some bombers to orlando too i don't know about tampa but i'll keep my eye for it yeah i think so, they said they're as far north as orlando mm-hmm. and that's it i i believe yeah, yeah I've, I've had just about every commercial quad you can pretty much find in this area, so I'm always interested to uh, find different Belgian beers, you know, local. You know, it's one of the things I always gravitate to. Do you have do you have German beers? Do you have Belgian beers? I'm going for that first thing. For sure. So, what I'm drinking are good friends at Do South. I've been ha- I've been saving onto this for a little bit, kind of. Fanboy. It's their it's their uh, oak aged Cat Five IPA. Nice. Eight and a half percent. Just because I've had it for a while, as you guys can see, and I don't want it to go bad, so why not? I have a uh, okay, just nice. my, my backup beer is Saltwater's Coffee Sea Cow, which <laughs> is what we got when me and Jeff and Cassie went to uh, Saltwater on the tap list. I don't remember. Whatever. Anyway, Where's where Saltwater? Where's that at? Oh, Delray Beach. Delray, yeah. Okay. It, it is like five minutes south of due south maybe 10 so like right there anyway it's if you're on 95 southbound going down from like you know anywhere to miami and you cross through delray it's right on the side of 95 you can see it from the highway really cool brewery they have great beer those are the nice little stops like that you can just kind of just jump right off the interstate and kind of be right there you know you don't have to trek through town you know funky boot is a little off the beaten path i remember right you know you get off and you kind of yeah. go down these, these streets have a million red lights you know it takes 35 minutes to go two and a half miles speaking yeah. well speaking yeah. of funky boot i would go i'm about to get my soapbox a little bit as there's no accident mike by the way i know no i accident. know you stared at me i thought i said funky Buddha. all right guys last week at the time of this recording Funky Buddha had their fourth year anniversary, which one year since Jeff got blackout drunk at Funky Buddha last time you were down there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <My> anniversary, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they had the four year anniversary. It was a three day event. I went on Sunday for their brunch, and it was a Willy Wonka themed brunch, uh, buffet style. To make a long story short, brunch tickets were $75 just to get in and have the brunch for an extra 60 bucks. You had, you could buy a four pack of their limited bombers that were only being sold 
at the brunch or at the anniversary events. They weren't selling them to the public. They weren't selling them. You know, you had to go to these events. So I paid with tax just shy, just over 150 bucks for these events. So to back up real quick, back up. Let's back. You up. had to pay the 75 bucks to get in to be able to pay the 60 bucks for the beer. You couldn't just pay 60 bucks for the beer, stand outside, and not do the brunch. Correct. You had to get. You had to buy brunch tickets. To that get the is bullshit. So. The, the bombers were cool. I, you know, I was, I'm pretty excited for three out of the four. Um, I get there and it, it looks really nice. The brunch was actually pretty, was solid. Uh, salted caramel prime rib buffet style. They had a bunch of different things. Half the things they advertised weren't there, but they made up for it. They had, they instead of having sa- salmon, they had uh, clams and it, it was everything kind of equaled out. But my problem and Jeff knows because I texted him, screaming angry. They had 13 beers, guys. 13, which is a good amount. Four of those beers were the Bomber beers. So, you know, four of the 13, I already have Bombers for. Why would I jump to drink those? I don't know. They had four other distro beers. Pineapple Beach, the Floridian, Hop Gun, uh, Hop Stimulator. So we're now at eight beers. Two more beers or mango variations of Floridian. They had a mango Floridian, and then they had a mango Floridian beer mosa, which is essentially the mango Floridian. They just pour champagne in it. Nothing fucking crazy about it. So I am at 10 beers that I do not want. So I have three left. I got the no crusts, which is a peanut butter and jelly beer. Was flat, undercarbed, disappointing. And then I had their uh, raspberry latte beer, which was uh, – I went with uh, my buddy Jay and his girlfriend. Um, so he got that, so we split. And then I was just so bummed out that I just didn't want to get a second beer. So with the purchase of, of the tickets, 60 bucks, you get the buffet. They get three drink vouchers. I forgot to mention that. So you get three tickets for three not full pints, just like 10-ounce snifters. There a couple of them that were like eight, and then I think the Floridian was like a, a full pour. Um, <clears throat> so Jay, real quick, if I, if I can. So you're saying that the ticket was sixty bucks, okay. or was it seventy? The ticket 60 was seventy five. Sixty bucks. Seventy five was the brunch. Seventy five, yes. Seventy five for the brunch. You get three hours of buffet food, and you get three tickets. So if, if we take the beer into account, right? Those are five dollar pours. So take fifteen bucks off that ticket price. So sixty bucks you are paying specifically for the brunch portion. Correct. You look at it in a mathematical stance. You had, th- I thought for sure this would be like unlimited pours, like a festival. So you're telling me you had three drink vouchers for five dollars drinks, free. basically. Correct. Now, if I wanted more than three, I'd have to pay, you know, the five to eight dollar range depending on the beer. So the, the cheapskate in me is doing the math, and I'm saying that's sixty dollars for brunch and three drink tickets, five bucks right. a piece for fifteen bucks for a total of seventy five. Right. right. Wow. But here's a kicker. So I'm already pissed off about the tap list. Jay goes over to the tap room, which is on the other side of the wall, and their tap list is literally fucking crazy awesome. Just like when we went for the episode, like every beer that was there was either ended or like a one-time deal. Like they had their new bomber, their get pitted on draft. They had peaches and cream. They had all Neapolitan, the re, the recipe that they read on Neapolitan. They had no bullshit beers 
on that tap list at the tap room. The thing they weren't doing was, was uh, they have this weird rule of no barrel aged on the flights, which I don't understand why that is. But other than that, tap was fucking off the chain. So that was the long story short. I got pissed off, and that was it. End of story. And you so couldn't go beers to the other room and order the other beers? Nope. I could not use the vouchers on the, in, the, in the tap room. Hmm. That's weird. That's insane. So I paid literally like $75 is like Disney price. <laughs> if not, maybe a little bit more. And I didn't get any lobster tail. I got a couple of omelets, <laughs> uh, mac and cheese, fruit, uh, a French toast thing, whatever the fuck, a little dessert, you know, I guess. Yeah, from what you described, I don't, I don't hear sixty dollars of a value worth of food. Even if you went up and stuffed your face and stuffed your pockets and your fanny pack, you know, I don't, I still don't think there's sixty dollars right. worth of value there. So now that my stomach looks like a fanny pack, so I could probably fit sixty dollars <laughs> worth in my stomach. That's that's the thing is that no one's gonna stay there for three hours because everyone's gonna. There was no organization; it was chaos. Everyone's gonna pound food for an hour and a half, and then that's it. So like, no one's gonna really. The average person's not gonna be the eating. A buffet for three hours is impossible. But my logic is why, why, why the tap list, why everything bad experience really inspired this topic into kind of turning the negative into a positive. And, you know, what are some beer fests that we've all been to? What are some beer fests that we've enjoyed? What are, you know, beer fest, beer events, whatever the case that did it right, in our opinions, that did it right and not, you know, do what Funky Buddha did, which makes no sense, you know, nine degrees backwards. So, uh, you know, Preston, I think I think is a good time. I think you should lead off. I guess. think so. Look, looking what I'm seeing on my, my camera here, it's probably good that I lead off. Um, <laughs> I'm honestly still, from what you just told me, a little taken back and in shock and kind of digesting even what you just talked about. I know you're trying to move forward, but I'm still trying to wrap my head around what you just told me. That... Most beer fests I've been to, and I've only been to a few, believe it or not. Um, I'm more of a stay-at-home drinker kind of guy. You know, I, I can get the beer a lot cheaper. I'm here. I'm safe. I'm not driving around and boozing and stuff. So sure. I don't get out much. Generally, the only time I get out is when we do Beer Chaser episodes, which, as you, you can attest, when we when we film, we film like four or five in one, one sitting. So I don't <laughs> have to go out every two or three months and spend a ton of money on beer. Right. Um, what you just told me. I mean, again, $75. And you're basically paying for a, a sixty dollar buffet. Um, yeah. What's funny is what was funny is you're hung up on the brunch. I'm hung up on the tap list. <laughs> like, believe me, that that's it too. You know, tap list is what really pissed me off. The only beer festival I've been to, I've been to a couple of the Land Craft beer festivals. Um, my very first beer festival when I was first getting the beer, they did something downtown Orlando with uh, Monsters in the Morning, Real Radio 104.1. They did like a an Oktoberfest, like a Beertoberfest one time. And that was my first experience at a beer festival. And that was really strange to me because it was what I was expecting that I know of beer festivals now that you pay one entry fee, you get unlimited samples. And maybe if you wanted a full pour, you pay for a full pour. But that beer festival was literally you paid just per beer. It was just you went and you, you paid six bucks per pour. It wasn't like you got any samples or anything. So that was my very first beer fest ex- uh, exposure. 
My next one was in the Deland Craft Beer Festival, which was the exact opposite. You paid 35 bucks, you got in, and uh, I mean, in our case, because we were a vendor, we didn't pay anything. But you know, if you're a general public, you pay 35 bucks, you get as much beer as you can for three or four hours. I've been to a couple of Deland Craft Beer Festivals um, recently for Bayboro. We just poured at uh, Cajun Cafe's um, uh, festival there, not the Sour Fest, but the regular fest, and um, that was a very similar thing. It was 35 bucks or or 40 bucks, and you got unlimited pours, but with this one, you also got a plate of food. You got a ticket for a plate of Cajun-based food. You had some beans and rice. You had uh, some proteins. You had some other stuff on there. So um, that was my other experience with the beer festival. So of of all the ones I went to, I mean, I, I definitely like Deland Craft Beer Festival, the way they've set it up, especially last year. Um, Cajun Cafe was pretty good for, for my exposure, but I don't have a ton of exposure, you know, with these things. But again, just my perception of being – a beer fest, you, you should pretty much be paying a flat rate for the all-you-can-drink samples. And then if anything is on top, you kind of voucher that, right? If you want a, a trip to the buffet table, you get a ticket or you get two tickets or it's unlimited to the buffet and unlimited beer. But what you told me is just it's bizarre. It, it's blowing my expectations out too. Um, and I don't know how clear they were in some of the advertising. So I remember looking into this festival and the events, and it just seemed a little – too loose for me that I did, it didn't make much sense for me kind of what they were putting out there to the point I was like, eh, it just seems too complicated. Mm-hmm. So you, you tend for beer fest, beer events, you know, this all encompass that together. You're more of a, a flat rate, 30, 35, 40 bucks, a little bit of samples. And then if the, you know, you wouldn't mind paying more per se for maybe a plate of food or if that's even included in the ticket price. That's kind exactly. Of you might have a saying. VIP or a premium, right? You know, 35 bucks gets you to the festival with a yellow wristband. And if you want to pay 60 bucks, you get the red wristband, which gives you private toilets and a plate of food or, you know, whatever that perk is going to be. But yeah, to me, a beer festival, uh, the best beer festivals are the ones you don't have to worry about busting out your wallet and counting change and trying to, trying to, okay, well, I only have $35 on me. So I've got to really, walk around for three hours and find the beers I want and make sure I'm spending my money. Like you shouldn't have to do that. Like a beer festival should be like a trip to Vegas. Like you shouldn't have to worry about what's in your wallet. Like just go out there, have a good time, experience it. And um, yeah, that, that's definitely my opinion. I'd much rather do 35 bucks or 40 bucks flat rate. And that's pretty much the cost of entry. I don't have to worry about anything once I get in the doors. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to ask, I'm going to turn it to Cassie here. What's kind of your take on, Beer events, beer fests, you know, what What do you like or what do you think they do right? Um, I'm kind of with press on part of that. Um, however, I think most of the craft beer festivals that I've really enjoyed were kind of, you know, you pay that flat fee, but you also pay for the beer. You, you buy tickets. Um, ideally, I would like to say I'd like to pay that flat fee. But like I said, I, I think out of all of them, the ones I, that I enjoy the most are the ticket ones. So, um, I know, let's see, funky Buddha, maple bacon. That was a ticket one, correct? And then, uh, our due South one, that was, you were there. Uh, no, no tickets. <laughs> no tickets. All right. So that one was a good one, actually. Uh, maple bacon was actually, was the same was, thing. Maple bacon, you paid for entry, then you also had to pay per beer? Correct. At least two – we went two years ago. I didn't go this past year. Okay. But maple bacon – so maple bacon was different, though. When we went to maple bacon, yes, you paid for entry, but you paid for bombers. I got you. So, okay. so you were getting – you're getting your money's worth in bombers the same way. And that's 
Well, when I come, we'll, we'll talk about it when I'm on. <laughs> so yeah, Garf City does the same thing with Hunapu. It's 80 bucks or 200 but you're getting, right. you know, entry plus an allotment of bombers. Correct. Yeah. Good thing. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's how I actually, that's, that's the ones I like the best um, is, is something along the lines of give me options. Let me buy my flat rate in. I don't want to pay for shit once I'm in there. Um, and, and just like Preston said, I don't need to be taking my wallet out every booth. There's a booth every three feet. You think I want to go to every table and pull my wallet out, give them money, give them a ticket, whatever, put that shit back in my pocket and keep going and doing it over and over again. No, I don't. I don't want tickets. I don't want anything. I want to walk in and be done with it. I but, agree. But if you're not going to do it right, you know, I mean, I think you have to do it right as a brewery. If, if not give, you know, give the people an option and buy what they want to buy, you know? Um, if they're not going to have that selection, then, you know, if you're going to charge something like, what'd you say? 75 bucks just to get in, you know, is it really worth it at that point? Are people going to be happy at that point? So I just, you just have to do it right. I think if, if you're going to go that route, I would, I would, I'll pay whatever you want to pay to charge me. Give me options. Tell me this is how much it's going to cost. I make the selection whether or not I want to come. But my $75 or my $100 or my $200 or whatever I spend on my ticket needs to include whatever I value at $200. So if I spend $200 to go to Hunapu Day, but I get eight bombers and I get unlimited drinks all day and I get, you know, whatever the perks are, then I need to get those perks. And those perks also need to be exclusive to the people who pay that much money. And that's the other thing that, that you know, I don't want to hear you're getting eight bombers that are not, are not released to the public and find out later that they're released to the public for purchase. Yeah. Cause then why did I spend my money? You know, yeah. I could have just showed up and bought eight bombers. Yep. I spent more money to get access to bombers that nobody else was supposed to have access to. And then you released them to the public. So I know that happens at beer events as well. And I think it's, I think that's a, like a bait and switch. Uh, it's a cheesy sales tactic. It's something that, Maybe they didn't sell enough tickets, so they're just going to, you know what? If you want to sell those beers, you wait. You know, don't sell them the day of. Don't slap all the people who paid money in the face and sell those beers to other people. If they paid money to have access to those beers and that's a limited release that you, that's the perk of buying the ticket, then you need to bite bite it, put those beers in the cooler, let them sit for a month, and then release them. I think think experience is part of it, but yeah, like you said, I think value... You know, you have to value your ticket. You know, you have to value so, what you're getting. And, and that reminds me of, I found out, Preston, after we had left, that they were selling the bombers to the public. Can you believe that shit? Crazy. Was lim- after we left, they sold the bombers. Fucking nuts. So, so I, I just wonder if they just didn't sell tickets, you know, and they just had you know, the allotment of the tickets that they didn't sell worth over, or if they intentionally made more and sold their tickets and then sold some on top of. Like, I'd be interested to know that. Yeah. So, so my take is, my take is maybe I'm, I'm nitpicking, but here's here's my take. I like the the flat rate, and that's it. Base basic, nothing, no frills. Just get me in. Let me drink what I want to drink. But then I appreciate like the tiers of thirty bucks get you in, that's it. You know, sixty bucks get you in and you get three bombers, either of your choice or something predetermined. You know, I maybe I want to go to a beer event, beer fest, whatever, but I'm not interested in the bombers. 
But if the only tickets they're selling are higher price tickets that include bombers, then I'm fucking either A, not going, or B, paying a higher price and being stuck with bombers I may not want. Drink it or get rid of it, which is extra work, and I might as well just not even go. So, like the 30, 35, 40 bucks, you, you go in and then that's it, no frills. And then afterwards, if you want to purchase the bombers after or special beers after the fest, then you would have, you know, that, you know, opportunity to. But it's like, I feel like these beer fests are just getting more and more complicated and more and more detailed and specific to where you know, I just want a simple, I mean, Orlando does them all the time. 40 bucks, you're drinking for five hours, whatever. Yeah, now it's, it's, the, all, it's, it's like super complicated. It's the brewery ones that are starting to get a little too complicated where they're serving their own thing. You know, like the Deland Craft Beer Festivals and some of the other organizations who run just a beer fest where it's outside vendors coming in and they don't actually have something to present. Like those, those are your more reasonable, 35, 40, 50 bucks, even, you know, 75, even if, you know, again, you get VIP access to the, the clean portalettes and, you know, a water station or something like that. But yeah, you know, I would go to Hunapu Day. You know, I went last year for the first time, and it, it was definitely an experience. It was, you know, 200 bucks to get in the door. You got your four bombers. So, like Jeff mentioned, it's, you're almost paying for the bombers, right? They retail for 40, 50 bucks on the the black market. So, four bombers, 50 bucks is 200. Everything else on top is just you know the icing on the cake. Get into the festival. I would definitely do Hunapu Day again for like 50 bucks, even 75 bucks. They had a lot of great beer. It was definitely a premier beer event. If that meant I didn't get the bombers, that's fine. I wouldn't mind just going to the festival and not have to pay the premium for the bombers. To your point, Mike, I like the idea that there could be tiers. Like, you get the yellow wristband for 35 or 50, get you in the fest. If you want bombers on top of it, you get a, another wristband on your right hand or a red wristband or tickets or whatever it's going to be uh, to have that option. But, you know, Hunapu Day is where it's 200 bucks. You're basically paying for the bombers, but the fest is free or vice versa, you know. Um, it, it, it's I would like more options. I'd like more tiers and... Uh, the ability to kind of pick and choose what I want to do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hunapu Day was uh, for me. That was the brew. That was the best brewery um, event as far as value goes. Even though it's a much higher price, and you would think that you would find fault in that as far as value goes, though. I um, the year I went, I believe I spent uh, two hundred dollars, but I think I got eight bombers, if I'm not mistaken. Whatever I, I spent, whatever I spent, and I got eight bombers is what I ended up with. I think you and the value, dollar one then. The value. This was a few years back, and I don't remember anymore. I'm a younger and stupider person, <laughs> but um, but the value it didn't upset me to spend that and and to have that because I feel like the value was there, um, in the bombers, but also in the fact that you knew you were getting good beer and it was all going to be free and provided for you. You never had to take your wallet out, but not only was there, you know, 80 vendors, but there was 80 vendors with good names and good reputations and right. people like Jay Wakefield and toppling Goliath were there represented and, and, you know, all, all these big name breweries that were, and not even big name, but small name breweries that, you know, are awesome, like rap and places like that were represented. Mm. So, you had everybody that it was a craft beer mecca of every person in Florida or in the Southeast region or the big Mac and not macro, but the big, um, you know, um, the big distribution guys as well, all were represented and you knew you were getting good beer all around anywhere you went. So, um, I thought it was well organized. I thought the value was there and that was an event that I would say is a, a beacon of what you should do. Um, if you're going to put on an event like that, 
Um, I did have fun at Maple Bacon when we went, but I, I think the ticket thing is a little, um, it's a little like slapping you in the face. You already spent your money and then you're going to spend more money kind of thing. It's like, we've got you by the balls. Welcome to our event. Now, if you want to actually enjoy our event, you have to spend more money yeah, kind of thing. Super shitty. Yeah. That is shifty. Um, and I don't, you know, I, it's not that it, it's, you know, I get it. It's like a, it's like a county fair type situation. You know, the same thing with the fair. You go to the fair and then you got to buy tickets to ride any of the rides. It's like that exact same business model, except in craft beer form. Um, But I think, uh, like Preston was saying, I think the brewery events are the ones that are the toughest because the breweries need to make the money. Is not about getting their name out. It's about getting their beer out. Whereas if you went to craft beer festivals like DeLand or anything like that, you're you're tactic is the same but your goal is different your goal when you go to deland is to get your beer in as many hands as possible whereas your goal if you're the brewery putting on an event your goal is to just represent your brewery and you know what i mean so it's like it's like your name's already established at your own event at the other event you're trying to establish yourself so you bite the cost to pour for free at deland but you're never going to pour for free at your own brewery that's, so yeah, you're that's, right. that's where that's where the disconnect is. Yeah. <clears throat> um, let me ask you guys a question before we flip into like a more more of a positive light. Um, I, I'm just, this is going to Cassie first. Which kind of beer event, beer fest, what you know, whatever, would you rather prefer? Based off qu- quantity of of breweries, or an event that has fewer breweries but maybe you know, quote unquote, better beer. You know, like for example, Do South and Mariana Trench. It was a Do South event, but they had maybe eight other breweries. Then you have Maple Bacon Porter or Huna, which have a plethora of breweries, but maybe the beer, you know, for argument's sake, might be a little bit lacking. Um, I think it depends on their offerings. I mean, I kind of like how sometimes they have guest taps. Um, However, you know, if you have a large quantity like Funky Buddha on Maple Bacon Coffee Porter Day, I mean, I would do that all day. Um, but, yeah, I guess it just depends. <laughs> it depends. It depends on the offering, I think. Yeah. I mean, with, with a, a thing to keep in mind is the more breweries you have, the less of a chance you could be able to try everything, which is, you know, a good argument yeah. to, to go the other side. But, you know, maple, there's so many breweries, there's no way in hell. You'll block I mean, out and throw up. Yeah. And... If I'm going to something like like the Do South one we just went to, the Mariana Trench, I mean, I, I don't think I tried one guest tap. Um, there may have been one one or two that we tried, but I mean, if I'm going to go to a brewery for that specific brewery fest, I'm going to try all, all that they have to offer first. Sure. So. sure. I mean, yeah, we you did to... have uh, Funky Buddha, uh, Last Buffalo in the Park, or I Get Scared. I remember you trying. Yeah, that. that yeah. I'm so excited, and I'm so. Scared. That's the oh, one we yeah. tried. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> oh yeah, that you... guy. How can you forget that? <laughs> Jeff, what was the other one? The kitty kitty one. Your kitty kitty. Uh, that was Jay Wakefield, yeah, right? Jay Wakefield, yeah, that was her style. That yeah. beer was fucking awesome. Yeah. Then they had two pump chomp. Anyway, anyway, we're we're we're. we're... So, I digress. Yeah. We're talking about beer. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, same <laughs> question: quantity of breweries, or maybe less breweries, but maybe a better quality beer. Or maybe a more intimate setting. Preston or me? Uh, You, Jeff. 
Oh, me. Yes. Um, for me, I would say I'm always a quality of beer person, not a quantity person. I think quality breweries, I don't necessarily think that, and this is where I just said quality of beer, obviously, but I think quality breweries doing, doing whatever they do, even if the beer doesn't exactly hit, I would rather go to an event where I can try breweries that I don't get to try all the time that have a good reputation that are well known in the industry because then you get to try their beers that you haven't tried all the time. So, you know, before Jay Wakefield was even, uh, was even had a facility, but they were still brewing and they were somehow at these events all the time, like going to Maple Bacon before Jay Wakefield was a brewery and trying Jay Wakefield beers was awesome. Sure, like that was that, yeah. super cool. Um, and that's where I would say quantity or quality over quantity, but that's because their reputation was so phenomenal. And then you had breweries like Ardwolf who were putting out awesome stuff. And it's like, I never get to try Ardwolf. You know, I never get to try um, all these different, you know, I I think that's where the quality breweries come in. I don't necessarily care what they're pouring. If it's a brewery, I don't get to try a lot. I would take quality breweries over quantity of breweries any day. Okay. um, At an event. Now the beers are consequential at that point because <laughs> the beers are if they're a great brewery, you're assuming you're drinking some great beers. Right, 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 right. All right, so we have a house divided over there. Preston, what do you think? Uh, for me, quality over quantity for sure. And it's not to say I would only want like three quality beers versus you know forty quantity or whatever. But um, again, the couple beer fests I've been to, I, I've been to one where it was quantity, and they had a lot of blue moon and stella and budweiser appearances you know who cares we got 35 breweries uh on location if a lot of them are macro and things you've already had you know there's i think there's a perception that if you're going to a beer fest you're going to be able to try some new stuff and you kind of want you know definitely some some quality there you don't want to just be drinking the stuff that you're walking down your local winn dixie Publix, kroger's save a lot whatever store it is in your local market you know that you can find there you kind of want to try something new and interesting and generally i think the the quality brewers are the ones who are going to bring some of that stuff that's a little more special. Um, the big thing for me, too, is is something that I like what Cajun Cafe did at the most recent beer fest we served at was it wasn't crowded and packed. It was a very manageable line of people. So you, you can have quality, but you also have to be able to be realistic and say, we're not going to overpack this place where people aren't going to be able to get the pours they want. So if you have all this quality beer, but you can't get to it, then what what good is it? You know, so you have you have mm-hmm. to be able to balance it with the right amount of ticket sales to the right amount of vendors. And I think that's really more important than anything to me is even if it's quantity versus quality, it's are these people just cramming people into such a large space they can to try to make money at the door, but then you never even get a chance to try some of the beers you want because the lines are too long. And that's kind of what I experienced at Honeypoo Day was the the big name beers that I wanted to try, there's no way I could get to them unless I wanted to not get to other stuff. You know, some of these lines are 45 minutes at a beer festival, which is absolutely ridiculous. When you have 200 vendors and there's still things that have 45 minutes to wait, it's too much. So some of the big ones I wanted to, I said, eh, I, I guess I'll, I'll hope there's something left at the end of the day. And uh, they had stuff kicking in like two hours, which is another thing that was very disappointing was, you know, if you're going to bring out your quality – Make sure you bring out your quality. Don't bring just one keg of this quality beer and it kicks in 45 minutes or an hour. You know, there were some breweries out there that didn't have anything. After two hours, halfway through the festival, they were totally out of beer. And that, again, was just unacceptable. Yeah. That shit drives me nuts, too, because 
on a brewing scale, a batch of beer it, for the home brewer, a batch of beer, I get it pricey. Like it, you don't want to spend personal money. Uh, you know, a, a, a family man spending his own money on beer. That's, that's a pain in the ass. It's expensive. I get it on a brewery standpoint. You should bring 10 kegs of everything. Like you're, this is a write-off that's so small for them. Um, you know, to pour at an event where they're getting so much, so many people into their beer or getting so much, their face out there so much. And it, I'll tell you, that actually does piss me off what you just said. And I'm glad you mentioned it because it, it got me to the point where now I'm remembering <laughs> how mad I was when I would show up to a tent 10 minutes after a, a keg tapping and it comes up on the Hoonapoo Day app. Oh, so-and-so released this beer. Topland Goliath released this beer. Come out now. And by the time you show up and wait in that line, it's already tapped. And I'm like, no, like that's, you didn't bring two kegs. You didn't bring three kegs. Like that's, you're talking about your cost, $50 a keg. Yeah. If that, yeah. In your, in your top lane Goliath, you can't afford $200 to bring four kegs out. Like, come on, that shit is cheap. It's cheesy. You're at that event to get your beer in as many hands as possible. If you bring one keg, you're literally saying, I intend on getting this beer in 100 people's hands. If you bring four kegs, you're saying, I'm getting this beer in 400 people's hands. Who's winning the event? You. Yeah. The person who's pouring yeah. it at 400 hands. Yeah, that was my that that was the biggest, going, right? biggest frustration <laughs> for me at Hoonapoo Day. And again, that, that was obviously the big premier event I've been to was you should not be out of beer. And I'm not talking just like, yeah, it sucks that one cool special keg kicks, but totally out of beer, and you're not even halfway through the festival yet. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You have everything x off this board. Like, I'm great as quality, but I didn't get a chance to get it. I wasn't going to sit in line for two hours and only get six pours while I was here, you know? Yeah. And that and, and that what is re- what really leads me to my answer. Uh, I agree with you guys. That does piss me off. But, like, the, do- the Mariana Trench Day, when me, Jeff, and Cassie went, like, really kind of – changed my entire perception on beer events i've always been to the big ones when there's you know 60 to 100 tents there's you know thousands of people and you know you're you're waiting in line and you're just trying to you know pound beers just so you can get as much tents as you can but when we went to mariana trench today they only sold 300 tickets was the max and it was super intimate there was a lot of space there was really the longest line that we sat in was five minutes, and that was for the cooking and creamery in a trench that me and Cassie sat in. And it was five minutes tops. You know, we it was relaxing, it wasn't stressful, it wasn't hot, and like that, you know, changed my opinion and kind of changed everything how I see about beer beer events. So my, my answer would be quality. You know, every beer that was at that event was not bad. Everything for untapped rating wise was a three and a half or above. Um, you know, they had other uh, green Brent, green bench brought out their saison farmhouse saison. Awesome. Funky Buddha had two beers. Awesome. You know, angry chair had two pump jump, which is is, but we don't get it. They don't distro though. We had an opportunity to try it. So like definitely for sure, whether it's at a brewery or at quality for sure over quantity. And I think amount of tickets sold matters too, in terms of, you know, waiting in those lines or the or the the kegs blowing because there's the lines 300 people deep and you have to wait an hour to get five ounce pour, which means you're drinking less beer, which means you're getting less value for the X amount of money that you paid for it. You know, uh, you know, I would have if I paid for Mariana Trench, I would have felt like the trench day. I would have felt like I got my money's worth because we had almost everything. 
Mm-hmm. My only gripe was it was a little short. I wish it was a little bit longer, maybe another hour longer, but it was a, it was an awesome event and I, I enjoyed it. So probably over fun. It was what three hours, guys? Something like that. It was like from like yeah, it uh wasn't like long as three. Maybe five, maybe eight. three hours. Wasn't real long. Yeah, maybe three hours. Yeah. It's cool though. It was really cool. It was, yeah. It, like like Mike said, very intimate. Uh there was some lines. I, I like um I, I like their format. They they're not the first people to do it. Actually, most of the of the breweries have done it on their uh, big release days, with the timed releases on specialty beers from guest taps or from their own taps. Um, all that you can you know here's the itinerary. You have you have bar one, two, three, and four, and we're tapping so and so specialty at three o'clock at bar one. This one at two. This one at three. This one at four, and then they you know two or three different release times on specialty beers and you know which bar is releasing which beer at what time. I like that. It makes it easy to plan your day and you know where you need to be when you want whatever beer you want. Um, so I do like that. And, th- and that is a, a plus side. Uh, something that I would say every beer event should look at and do is that schedule your tapping, your, your specialty taps and put it in the hands of the consumer at the beginning of the event. Well, it sounds most Cassie, importantly too is, okay, is wait, limit, right, limit your uh, your ticket purchase too. Like, don't just let a million people in. Right, right. Cassie, do you like time releases? I do. I think um, I think it creates like a sense of organization. Um, and you know, there's certain people that want different beers, and I just I think I mean we went to Funky Buddha and they had some time release ones, but like you said, there were so many, um, you didn't get to try them all. By the time you got to that next one, you know, they're kind of out already. Um, so I think it, it really depends on the festival, but yeah, do South did a great job on that. Yeah. I think if it's smaller and more intimate, I think, I think it works well. uh, Yeah, it did work well. And like I said, we only had that one line for milk and cookies and that was, and that was gone in five minutes. If that, um, Preston, what do you think of timed releases at, at events? Um, I think that can be definitely, uh, cool, but at the same time, I kind of just like it open me personally. It's like, you know, you know what you can get to, to my point, bring enough to where you don't have to time it. And like, listen, you got to get here in the, in the next hour because we only have a little bit of this and we saved it for, for this portion. Um, that again, be, it starts getting down to management and you're, you're looking at apps and you're looking at your clock and like, you're not just kind of being and enjoying like you're you're kind of rushing, you're kind of have to be somewhere and like, you know, that time management and I'd rather just get in, be able to walk around, have a good time and let, let the day kind of unfold. That, that's kind of my opinion on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really 50, 50 on time releases. I can, I mean, I get them, whatever. I don't get upset, but they, they're kind of a pain in the ass. I'm, I'm, I'm very much in the middle of, of time releases. They're great for organizing. Cause you look at, all right, four o'clock, we need to be here. Five o'clock. We need to be here. But, you know, when you think about it, everyone else is thinking the same thing, and that line is already forming. Uh, it's it's a battle between like, you know, is it good? Is it bad? Do I like it? Do I not? But um, maybe a more positive approach. You know, we we were kind of analyzing and talking a little negatively about you know funky good and whatnot. So in recent memory, we're starting off with Jeff this time. Recent memory, what are some of the the better into and and then why i know we've kind of touched on it but maybe a little bit more in depth into you know maybe why you liked it was the atmosphere of beer 
you know, how it was organized kind of and what they what you think they did right. You kind of cut out. You're talking about what was the better beer events I've been to? Goddamn fucking YouTube. Yeah. So in recent memory, what are, you know, some of the the, the best or the most memorable beer events that you've been to? What'd you like about them? What you think they did well? And, well, there and was a like there that. was a fantastic beer event that was done in um, June of last year at Wab UCF, God, run by a, a great <laughs> podcast. I was say that. Fuck. It was the Homebrew Festival. Uh, I don't this remember exactly ever. who put that on. I think it was at the bar. I don't know either. Um, um, but yeah, maybe. that was a fantastic event, and it was run so smooth. It was insane how great that went. Um, <laughs> no mistakes, no problems. Can no mistakes, that? no problems. Nobody even gave a shit that we were no, just completely no. green at Two putting on the running around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it all worked out real well. Yeah, we only set up, and and I was only there for about sixteen hours that day, so it was a good day. Um, <laughs> uh, and Preston, by the way, thank you. Preston actually was the mastermind of the whole thing. I no, called him up. For no, 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 no. We, I, you and I had a twenty-minute conversation. I steered you some directions that I thought from like me a, in the right way. He a brewer me. would appreciate, you know, at the homebrew level. But I mean, the credit is to, is to you guys. You guys definitely um, did the hard work and and the perseverance and went out there and made it happen. You know, I just I'm. I, I put some icing on the cake. You know, you guys had you baked this awesome cake, and you know you had some candles ready to go. I'm like, hey, maybe we should arrange the candles like this. That's that that's my part. You were the you were the pie crust. You were the foundation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Without the crust, the pie is just mushy. Preston pie crust. <laughs> Coming to Bayboro this um, year. So, the best, so some of the best run events uh, it, it, that I've been to beer wise, I I love Hunapu Day. I love the way that was run, um, and I think I. I the funny thing is you sit in those lines and you hear people complain about how Hunapu days run. And it's like the same people who just find a reason to bitch about everything on earth, you know, like, like the same people that like their shoes untied. So their day's ruined. Um, and it's just like, you know, do, do you have to, who cares? Like just go with the flow. The day is happening. You're drinking good beer. Have a good day. Um, I thought it was a great, the way it was run was great. Going to the hotel next down to the, uh, next to the park there down by the water, getting your, I didn't wait for anything. Um, we walked right out. We were down in downtown, um, downtown Tampa in no time at all. So that was a, that was a good event in my opinion. Uh, I liked what they did. I liked, um, I'll tell you what I really liked about, uh, Hunapu day is that they had not just awards, but they had awards that highlighted up and coming younger, smaller breweries. They really paid They paid a lot of, um, attention to, the smaller guys and the invites went out to breweries that a lot of people don't think to invite people that, I mean, I talked to brewers from all these breweries and some of them were not even in, in a facility yet. They're brewing out of garages and stuff like that. And Hunapu day somehow cigar city found them and invited them and had them have a tent. And then not only that, but had the proper, you know, it's easy to say, Oh, best beer best this you know they had the proper awards set up in place that awards that were designed for smaller breweries to win and it really gave an opportunity for small breweries to highlight themselves and put themselves up in front of all of these beer people thousand beer people 60 tenths of industry people 
and they were able to get some of these people like Mazurk up from, you know, down in uh, South Florida and Jay Wakefield when they were up and coming before they had a facility and who won, you know, a ton of award and three sons who won a ton of awards at Hunapu day a few years ago. Um, and they don't, I don't even know if they have a facility yet, but at the time they certainly did not. Um, and though they, they made it where you could highlight these small breweries and give them a chance to get up in front of these industry people and say, look at what we just won. We know what we're doing. We have this ability to make good beer. Um, and it, it gives a good jumping off point for people. And I think they did that very well. It wasn't about the, look at me, look at me, I'm Cigar City. It was very much about, look at all of these people who love good beer and who can make good beer and let's give them the spotlight for a minute. And I think that is what craft beer culture is about. And I think that's what a really good craft beer festival is about is showcasing good beer from local, small, whoever it is, as long as it's good beer, highlight those people and let them get the stage for a minute. And and that's what I think uh, I really took away from Hunapu day was, was watching them give away these awards to, breweries that you'd never heard of, but you tried their beer that day and you're like, holy shit, that's good. Exactly. You mentioned Three Sons. They were the brewery at the last Hunapu day that everybody ran to. As soon as the gates opened, everybody ran, literally ran stampede style to the Three Sons tent. Yeah. Three Sons was crazy. The, the longest line by far the year I went was Toppling Goliath. By like, that's good ass beer though. By like a mil, by like, it, that was an hour-long line, easy. And then, actually, Toppling Goliath was one tent away from Jay Wakefield, and both of them had, like, interesting special releases. And it was, like, 50% of the people who attended the event were in those two lines right next to each other. That's fucking crazy. Cassie, you're up. Um, well, I, I did not go to the uh, WAB UCF uh, festival. Oh, <laughs> shame. Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe I was out of town or something. I'll just go. No, with that. you weren't. Uh, <laughs> um, I actually, I've, I haven't been to a Hunapu festival either. Um, I've been kind of wanting to go, and then you know they had that big blow up uh, that one year, and then after that, I just kind of didn't really try to go. I don't know. Um, the year that a bunch of illegal tickets. Were yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. That. Fourteen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was a while ago. Um, but I would say my favorite festival. So I was fortunate enough two years ago, two years ago to be invited to a craft beer festival in Italy. Um, and to me, it was my favorite because these were all a bunch of Italian breweries that, you know, never really distribute out of their own small towns. So um, to be invited to this huge festival was in Via Reggio, Italy, um, kind of like a little beach town. Um, and to see them, you know, their beer industry is at least 20 years back, probably from ours. Um, and of all be there and come together and see all of the people, you know, craft beer. It was just an amazing kind of feeling. Um, it was an amazing thing to see, I think. Uh, and, and I don't know, I mean, I'm not fluent in Italian. I was getting close to it at that point. Um, so maybe it's because I also couldn't understand any flaws or any <laughs> negative feedback if people were talking about it. But I think it was just the the sense of, you know, passion for the craft beer and, and getting into it. And that's what craft beer is about. And, you know, in my opinion, so. Absolutely. So now that we get just got shown up over by it, Miss Italian craft beer. <laughs> <Preston>. <laughs> 
to uh, to Cajun Cassie's beer fest. <laughs> yeah, to, to Cassie's point, um, the land. <laughs> that that's the way I understand it is over there, though. Like, um, I have a guy we work with in Germany. He's one of our German uh, support people who works in Germany, and he says the same thing every time I talk to him about beer. Is like things over there are very regional and very like like craft breweries over here are hyper local. It's kind of the same like in Germany, where depending on what city you go to. They serve that city's beer and that style, and like you really don't see American breweries. You don't see like a lot of different, even German breweries. Like you know, southern southern Germany, they kind of have the the Bavarian style, whatever, and it's different from the northern style. Hefe's are a little different, and you know, mm-hmm. Cologne is a little different. Munich is different, and like so, I could definitely see like an Italian based festival being like very hyper local and kind of being just like that little region's you know festival. I think that'd be an awesome awesome thing to check out. You know, um, for me. Good. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, you know, going into it, um, I was really excited because I love Italian sours. I think they do a really great job at sours. And going into, it, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna try all these, you know, great sours, and you know, really excited to talk to the brewers and everything. And I get there, and I'm seeing, you know, a lot of pale ales, some IPAs, um, more malt-based beers, I would say too, but no sours at all, like not one. And so I talked to one of the brewers and, you know, I asked him, well, you know, how come you guys don't have any sours out here? And he just kind of explained, he's like, you know, that's not really on the Italian's palate right now. You know, we're, we're just trying to get out there and try to get the word out that craft beer is great. And, you know, the Italians aren't used to sours yet. Americans, that's yes. You know, everybody else, that's yes. So, so it was really, really cool because I was like, I was so disappointed. But then, like, I heard it from his perspective and, you know, him just saying, like, we're just trying to get people to love beer. I was just like, man, that's really cool. Yes, yeah, so like yeah. you said, they're they're twenty, thirty years still behind, you know. So we've had that revolution. They're just they're just starting to get the itch for something different. Exactly. Yeah. That's so my my answer. My answer will be no surprise. It's it's a Deland Craft Beer Festival. To me, it's a, it's a premier uh, craft beer festival in in the state of Florida. Um, not just because I've been to so few festivals, but you know, to me, it's a perfect festival in the sense that their focus is on local, you know, so they, they basically focus on Florida, but not just Florida. They kind of have their Volusia County because the land again, it's in Volusia County. So they have their Volusia County people. They kind of have Florida people. And then, you know, like this year, if you made it all the way down to the end of the street and you made it to the T, they have some national stuff down there. So if you wanted to check out, you know, the Dale's pails and, and some of those things and the Terrapins and cigar cities, you could check out some of the national, but they really focus on the actual local craft first. And to me, that's my favorite thing because as we know here in Florida, craft brewing is uh, blowing up. I think we're becoming one of those destination states to where there's a lot of different craft breweries and it's nice to go to a festival every year and like, hey, I remember these guys are great last year, but now there's three or four more new ones that I've never tried. Let me go try some of these new ones. And uh, being a beer chaser and uh, you guys met the bar podcast, like we definitely do travel. We definitely try some new stuff, but we can't possibly get to all of it. So it's nice to be able to go to a festival and kind of have this conglomerate of all these new uh, breweries together under kind of one roof, so to speak, that you can go check out. Um, if I had to improve the Deland Craft Beer Festival in any way, it would be just the fact that it's it's a little too brewing focused. You know, it'd be nice if they focus a little more on kind of food vending a little bit. I think if they had some better food food choices and maybe um, some water stations or, or, or pretzels for free. I think people were there selling the pretzel necklaces, but like if if they could just somehow include that in where you had a, a couple food tokens and, you know, free water somewhere, th- that would put that event over the top. But as far as just the 
the, the beer itself and what's being served out there. And, and this year, Mike, I'm hoping you can attest to the improvements in, in the spacing and being able to actually get to what you want to. You know, there wasn't too many people, a ton of great local places. Um, so to me, that's the premier event in Florida. You know, it's the only ones I've been to, but uh, definitely my favorite. Yeah, yeah. And my I can attest to that. And my obvious answer would be the, the Deland, especially this year's in terms of spacing. Uh, I know prior to the, the one prior to this past year, uh, Jeff was at. And I was just bitching a storm about how crowded it was. And there's so many people you couldn't walk, blah, 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 blah. But this year they did a T format to where the, the vertical part of the T was all Florida breweries. And then the horizontal part, the top part was, or the farthest, you know, if you're walking in from the entrance, was all national brands. So I, I really just hung out at the Florida breweries. And, you know, I, I shot over to the national brands. If, you know, Alki was pouring for Bell. So I said, what's up to him? Swung by Abita. Abita had a special beer they had on tap. Um, but really, you know, I mentioned I mentioned Due South Mariana Trench Day, and that really changed me a lot. So my that beer fest I, I enjoyed a lot. Um, Deland is awesome. I highly recommend Deland. But big surprise would be the Smash Fest in Longwood. I had a blast. It was really? Awesome. Oh, dude, I I love Smash because it was a competition. All the Florida breweries were, were innovative beer, following the ingredients, and it was just super local and, and super intimate to where I actually have conversation, you know, other drinkers, guests, or you know, people behind the tables. Conversation, being able to to talk to really kind of compliment these people makes you know a beer event memorable for me. So, Mike, I'm sorry, you got robotic. You're robotic there. That one chick did call me. Where did right. I leave off at? Mike's gone. Hey, Mike. Mike's back. Hey, where did I leave off? Where did I leave off? Yeah, I think it was something about giving and receiving and caring <laughs> and loving. Yeah. That's Mike. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Well, besides the the at the bar podcast for Senior Humber Fest, uh, you know what? Did you guys hear my answers, right? Uh, I heard Deland, and then I heard Smashed, and then after Smashed, I lost out on what Smashed actually was. Okay, so Smashed was a competition. Did everybody just get Smashed? Uh, you could. Uh, Smash and Single Hop is a competition to where all these breweries followed you know, the, the, the rules of that was press that can break it down done. But all these made variations of using a single mall and a single hop. And it was a competition who won. Was Can't tall. hear you, Mikey. It was Can't just What the fuck? Anyway, I'm just going to keep talking. <laughs> that was a hard F. So, Holy yeah. so, Oh, he's pissing me off. This internet's driving me crazy. Damn internet! Goddamn internet! Piss me off! Damn internet! Back in my day, we talked to people with our mouths face to face. (laughs) So it's Smash was was quickly uh, was small, intimate. It was a competition. I was able to talk to the brewers and and people at the tent, which made the event more special. And to me, that's what makes a beer fest memorable for me currently in my in my point in life. So Smash the land and the Mariana Trench were, were all. Favorites of mine. I haven't been to Hunapu yet, and I haven't did. I haven't done Maple Bacon Coffee Porter, but they are on the list of of things to do. So NBCP. 
That's a good. Know, that maple, is a good event. Great beer. Maple bacon coffee porter. I'm I'm surprised to hear that that's a ticketed event. I plan to go this year, but I'm probably no longer planning. Why not? It was a ticketed event. It was a ticketed event. That's what I mean. Yeah, that it was a ticketed event. I don't know if it will be this year or not. Maybe they are learning. Probably not. No, probably not. Well, After my experience, I does so whatever. <laughs> so anyway, things can wrap it up. What? Uh, what? I was just gonna say. My Go thing ahead. is, what? no, I could get off a whole new Let's just wrap it up. <laughs> Mike saying, Preston. Dude, my dude, this internet's driving me <laughs> fucking up a wall. I reset it like an hour ago, or. There it goes again. So you, start, you started talking about it. it. It froze up on you again. What's funny is that Mike's actually not even having internet problems. He's just pretending to freeze and just standing there. I'll show my age here. The Mac, the Max Headroom effect. Oh, just went so please dark. save me and plug it somewhere. Save me. Plug it. Plug it anywhere. Plug it? Is it, you want me to plug it? All right. Press and plug it. Shit. Well, you know me, man. Preston at, at the Bar Podcast. Preston from the Beer Chasers. Uh, well, I might as well be. I'll hey, get you two weeks in a row. I'm starting to – I'm encroaching now. I'm at, I'm at the Bar Podcast and the Beer Chasers and Bay I'm all over the place. I'm slutting out. Um, <laughs> we'll pay you, though. <laughs> Bay we're kind of on a, on a hold at the moment. We've been trying to get in some festivals. So there was a, a Bolt Fest we were trying to get into, but they only wanted kind of distro, distributor you know, people, so we couldn't get into that. So That's lame um, as fuck. Yeah, we're 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 kicking back right now, just just brewing a little bit and trying to 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 try some new things, but no no festivals, nothing in the the future. Uh, Beer chasers, just doing the same thing. I got a backload of content, man. Just gotta gotta get through a backlog and uh, just getting some of that stuff out there. Just finding time to actually do it and working and being a father and a husband, man. Just just trying to trying to balance all my priorities as best I can, you know. Mm. Um, not let the the plates fall as I juggle them, but. I got, I got nothing to plug, man. <laughs> Other than myself, and I'm done. Well, <laughs> while Preston plugs himself, we're, we're gonna tag team with Jeff and Cassie. What you guys got going on over there? Well, uh, big news. Did you know that T minus means the time of the event minus however many minutes until the event goes off? We found that out today. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> T minus my mind forty-eight days until Havana, Cuba, where we will be doing Cuba. the show from Havana. Yep. Uh, and it is forty-eight days away. Uh, Mike, T are you minus. going to? I'm minus. Uh, he, are you, are are you approaching on this? I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there. We might smuggle him in. I'll be oh, there. Shit. I'm not. I'm kidding. Homeland Security. We're not smuggling anybody in. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just we have, have our filling out. We're ready to roll. Pending some kind of governmental yeah. intervention, we will be there in the end of July, ready to do a show for you guys from Cuba. Hopefully, we can oh, get a, a local or somebody on the show. It'll be fun. We're gonna uh, try some of their local craft beer, which we actually have found out is uh, 50% of the breweries in Havana are owned by Anheuser-Busch. So that's two out of four, basically. Two out of four. <laughs> and we are very interested to find out what that means to the Cuban people, and we're going to uh, we're gonna investigate and also drink some beer. So we'll be uh, reporting need, from Havana research. at the end of July and research. a pending governmental intervention. We're bringing this show international. Damn. 
Yeah, I am not going. I want to, but I'm not going. Just for the record. The internet brings you wherever you want it to bring you, Mike. I'll, I'll be in Orlando with my shit internet, so don't mind me, guys. <laughs> you gotta upgrade that dial-up, man. I know. Well, it beeps when I had to sign up. We've done a little, bit, a fair bit of research, and they say that the odds of us getting any kind of reliable internet is uh, are sketchy at best. So we're gonna try to do a show from there. Hopefully, we can get some internet. <laughs> I am going to try to work out some deals with some of the hotels in order to get internet, but we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, we'll do it. We'll, 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 I'll figure it out. We're good. Working out deals at hotels, go man. Look at it go. <laughs> I'm an international hey, yeah, business yeah he's researching in cuba a white privilege i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'm gonna i'm not to do that <laughs> so plugs i guess it's my turn uh our website is up guess what guys we have a website it's just nice. not finished at the bar podcast.com it's cool <laughs> it's gonna be cool um so we have a website up uh, hopefully by the end of this week it will be completed enough to where i can display it with pride um so at the bar podcast.com it's live it's there uh it's coming soon after we're done drinking which is almost never will be done <laughs> um other than that we are getting it i feel like I'm, i keep saying the same shit each week each episode it's just, i'm just so busy um websites up at the bar podcast.com we're getting a sh- we're getting a, a t-shirt store or merch store so we'll be selling merch for monies so we can go to more trips other than Cuba. Um, but other than that, uh, that's, that's it on my end. I got, I got really nothing. Uh, Jeff and Cassie are going to help with Instagram. So they Instagram today. It was it's successful. Uh, my phone was we blowing up. <laughs> I said, they must have posted something. Because <laughs> my phone <laughs> yeah, was lighting we up with people liking it. I was like, all right. <laughs> I have another plug because I was instaing today, or we were instaing today. Oh, from, yes, um, yes, plug. Barrel plug, of Monks, yes. Barrel of Monks Brewery, Barrel down of in Monks. Boca, and uh, a Belgian-inspired, traditional Belgian-style brewery in Boca, um, called Barrel of Monks. Phenomenal beers. I was very impressed with everything. I'm not, as you guys know, a very big Belgian beer drinker. What? Not a very big uh, Belgian beer drinker, but fantastic beers. Um, the tour guide slash brewer Tim was a phenomenal, just fantastic guy. Um, we ended up mentioning to him that we had a podcast. He, we talked to him for for a long time. He sat down with us at, afterwards, and um, we we drank some beers with him and talked about the show. We're hopefully going to be able to go out there um, in the be- at the beginning of July for their one year. We're going to try to work it out where we can be there for the or not their one year for their uh, Christmas in July party. Um, where the, which will be a beer release halfway event, to Christmas, halfway right? to Christmas, whatever event. Uh, but just a really cool down to earth brewery, great people. It was super nice. The brewery tour was great and, um, just really quality beer down at barrel among. So it was, it was a good time. We were down there today and we'll continue to, uh, to Instagram our little beer travels wherever we end up. Cause we pretty much end up at some breweries every Sunday. Okay. So we'll Look be there forward to that brewery sundays yeah i'm definitely interested man i'll definitely be paypaling you some cash here to pick me up some barrel of monks and uh whenever we cross paths i'll definitely pick those up from you for sure yeah no problem at all we can definitely work that out good thing about belgians they age well for, for once jeff and cassie aren't getting beer <laughs> they're giving it <laughs> <laughs> anyway thanks again I, I for did give mike 
I did give Michael my October best to uh, to give to you at some point. Oh, they got it. They got yeah, it. Oh, they, got it. Oh, they already got it. There you yeah. go. Awesome, yeah, man. What yeah, we got it. Damn, man. I don't know. Come on, bro. <laughs> anyway, thanks again for listening to yet again another episode. And until you, oh God, I fucked up. I, I think I'm drunk off two beers. <laughs> until next time, <laughs> we'll see you guys at the bar. See you. Later. <laughs>